You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And welcome back into another episode of Fourth Down in the Steel City. Alongside Josh Taylor, I'm Chris Mack. We've got you covered all things Steelers every single day right here inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it if you have not yet. And make sure to follow the podcast so you get alerted as soon as new episodes are ready. However you get your podcast, by all means, subscribe download great review we appreciate the feedback even if it's on youtube and it's about our faces well josh's got no problem it, this thing though we're over on this side of the screen is we, we got to do some work anyway on youtube go to the 93.7 the fan channel and tap on that little notification bell you'll get alerted as soon as new episodes of fourth down in the steel city are available for your viewing as well as listening pleasure you know, yesterday josh we talked about building the niners game plan and how they should attack the Steelers, at least based on our opinions of what both teams have at their disposal. We know Nick Bose is going to be available. Still questioning whether George Kittle will be good to go or not on Sunday, but leaning towards probably, I would think. Um, let's now, let's go about building the Steelers game plan, brought to you by your business here. If you're a contractor, if you're, I don't know, a home improvement specialist, a home improvement store, wouldn't it be nice to sponsor a weekly segment on a podcast that reaches all of Steelers Nation on multiple platforms? You could. Building the Steelers Game Plan, brought to you by your business here. All right, Josh, seriously, let's go. That was so seamless. I'm so seamless. That's good. <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, what, what do the Steelers do? Uh, what, what do, you do? Let's start with what we would do, but also what we think they will do, what I suspect. And, and let's we'll work in reverse from how we did it yesterday. Let's start with the Steelers offense. I do think they're going to lean on the run early. They're going to lean on Najee and Jalen Warren to sort of slow. It'll be like two heavyweight fighters, a couple jabs here and there, just to feel the other guy out, see what the Niners want to do defensively, and see what may be available to them. Kind of get a little, you know – get the, the oil moving between the, the parts in the engine um, on the offensive line, so to speak. I think they're going to play it relatively safe early on. My question is if they'll continue to play it safe later in the game when they may need to pick up the pace to score points. But I, I, I'm inclined to believe that we're going to see something very similar to what we saw, say, in late December, early January last year. They're not going to ask Kenny Pickett to do too much. They're not going to put too much of the game plan on his shoulders. And they're going to lean into the guy that, Mike Tomlin's absolutely in love with in Najee Harris. Yeah, they're gonna they're they're gonna really try to be as I won't call it conservative, but I I will I will expect them to do pretty much what they were built to do in the offseason. 
we've talked about this pretty much ad nauseum, bringing in Isaac Salomalu on that offensive line. And it's no, it's no secret. It's, it's no, you know, unknown fact that Salomalu is a mauler. He can go in there, he can mix it up, he can pass protect, but he can really run block too. He can really mash some dudes. So that's something that you look at as, as a, a needed, needed asset on this run game. Then you look at Darnell Washington, who a guy who I will continue to think is an X factor in this game. Sixth offensive lineman on the license plate. We've heard that story a billion times. He's a guy who's probably going to be a factor in how this offensive line does his job. And let's be honest, there's going to be six offensive linemen as often as they can put them out there. I say all that to say this. The Steelers have tried to become a more physical team and how they built this roster. I think everybody understands that. Games like this are why. And it's not necessarily to try to out-physical the other team. There's a saying that they said back when I covered the SEC 10 years ago, you don't try to out Alabama, Alabama. They're not going to be able to do that with San Francisco. So out physically link San Francisco, if that's even a word, that's not the end game. That's not the end game here. However, the objective is to survive. You, they had to get bigger and stronger and more physical to be able to survive a team like San Francisco to survive a front like that, that has been upgraded with a very familiar face in Javon Hargrave. They have to try to survive that front now. They have to try to survive those linebackers and a couple of those DBs. And I've been talking about this a lot on this face. They like to hit people. They're a little crazy. They, they like the Bruce folks. And they, they are very, very, very into hitting you until you basically quit. Yeah, That's the team that they're facing. And, they had to get more physical in order to survive against teams like this. So I agree with you. There's going to be some running in this game. There's going to be some 12 personnel with uh, one tight end and two receivers and one, or just say two tight ends, one, one running back and two receivers. They're going to use two tight ends as much as they can because they got to try to get some kind of physicality going and get the run game moving. Because if they, if they lose that, it becomes a lot harder for Katie Pickett to try to do anything in the passing game. And more importantly, they got to try to find a way to keep the ball out of San Francisco's hands. Controlling the clock is going to be important in this one because if they fall yeah. behind, God forbid the Steelers fall behind by a couple of possessions, it becomes even harder for Kenny Pickett because now you got to try to keep in step with that offense, but you're facing that defense on the other side. Hey, Chris, here's a good reference. Remember what Drake said? Like a sprained ankle, I ain't nothing to play with. Mm-hmm. That's San Francisco's defense. You fall yeah. behind a couple of possessions to that you're room. Done. It's a bad, bad way to be in. Yeah. So I agree that I, I like going out there, and, and this is because of our mutual admiration society we've started for Darnell Washington. I love the idea of going out there with 12 personnel, right? I, I love that. But here's where I worry about them going out there and doing that thing where they try to bang their head against the cinder block wall and hope to knock a hole in it. Is That's fair. If you're stacking eight in the box and Hufanga's coming down and playing at the line of scrimmage all the time, it's gonna be very, yep, it's going to be very evident very early on that Najee's going to have one of those 3.2-yard-a-carry kind of games. I'm okay with that. I don't hold that against Najee all the time like some people. What I do, though, is I look for a way to work around it. And I come out in 12 personnel, and I say, that's great. We've got six offensive linemen. We can keep one of them in if our guy Bosa decides that he's going to have a day in his first day back. But more than, likely, more, more than likely, we're going to use these weapons at our disposal. We're going to line Pat Fryer views up in the slot sometimes. We're going to motion them across the formation. we got George Pickens, and we got Deontay Johnson on the outside. And guess what we're going to do? 
We're not going to try to beat you over the top every time. We'll reserve the opportunity here and there if you show zero coverage to hit you over the top with George Pickens. But what we're going to try to do is nickel and dime you to death in the pass game because we trust Kenny can make those throws. We trust Deontay Johnson can get hit by Kenny on a quick five-yard, not even three-yard slant. Quick little slant route. Bang, timing. We got Deontay for five yards. We're going to take Pat Fryermuth. We're going to run a rub route that gets him on the outside against man coverage and gets him open for six, seven, eight yards. We're going to take George Pickens, and we're going to let him run some deep ins and some deep outs. And we're going to let Kenny show off the arm strength with the tiny hands just a little bit. And we're going to, we're going to spread you out. We're going to force your safeties to back up just a little bit. We're going to force your linebackers to play a little bit of coverage with Darnell Washington coming off the line here and there. And then we're going to open some things up in the run game. Much like if I were Kyle Shanahan, I would have the Niners passing to open up the run game. If I am Matt Canada and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm doing the exact same thing. I am passing to open up the run. Now, I don't suspect that's the way they're going to do it. And I think I'm going to be a little bit frustrated at times early on on Sunday. <laughs> but that's where the defense comes in into things, as we'll get into in a second. But that's, that's what I would try. I would line up in my 12 personnel. I love Darnell Washington already. Like I said, we're both on the same page there. Yep. He can run routes like a receiver. He can block like a tackle. That's a dude you use in every single situation. You don't have to pull him off the field. You don't, rookie or not. Um, so I think 12 personnel is the way to go. You, you don't have to ask Allen Robinson to do too much. Then occasionally you're going to bring him in on third downs. But that's right. the way I go with it. I try to nickel and dime him through the air early on to see if I can loosen up the box, loosen up the line of scrimmage, and open some things up for Najee and Jay. I'll go into the vein of the Mike Tomlin analogy that people keep trying to draw from from the preseason when he talked about, you know, you can't you can't box if you haven't sparred a little bit. Let's let's stick with boxing. What you're suggesting is the Steelers using the jab to keep the 49ers away from the body. And that's not a terrible, not a terrible game plan at all, because granted, in theory, it works a lot in boxing. Worked for Muhammad Ali against George Foreman. Just saying. But you you use that jab, so to speak, as far as that short passing game. Just to keep things, if nothing else, just to keep things on schedule, like yes. Mike Tomlin talks about. Just keep it in front of the sticks instead of behind them. And you get to some third and manageable, some third and fives and third and sixes, and Kenny Pickett just has to make one play, make one good read, and find the right guy to move the sticks. That is not a bad game plan. It is not a bad strategy. I actually like this, what you're saying on your end, because at the very least, it does two things. One, it keeps Kenny Pickett clean which is good. Mm -hmm. Two, it keeps the offense at least from being one-dimensional. It doesn't keep you confined to a box. And three, if it works and you put a couple good long drives together, it starts to wear that defense down to where, where you're talking about using the pass to set up the run. Now the run game not only has holes, but now Najee is starting to hit against some guys that are tired. Yep. And now you can start going after the body. To go back to that boxing analogy, after that jab is opened up, now you can start going to the body and hitting them where it hurts. I just love anything that gets us in second and six or second and five or better or third and three or better. Because then winning on first say, down has been really hard for this team. I totally agree. And get Kenny into a situation where he can walk to the line and second and manageable or third and short and make a decision based on what he sees at the line. He's able to do that now. I think most second year quarterbacks could walk to the line, count the box, see where a mic is and say, hey, it's third and three. We can do whatever we want here based on what the defense presents to us or second and five. And that's what they've got to work, I think, to get into is those second and fives or better, third and threes or better. And I think that opens up a world of offensive possibilities. Other side of the ball, like I said, I think it's all about making Brock Purdy uncomfortable. I mean, yes. 
we, we can talk all we want. We have talked a lot because of what Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday at his press conference about needing guys who can match up against McCaffrey and Kittle and Debo. That's all well and good. But sometimes you got to just be honest and admit, hey, as much as we may like our guys, they're not going to be able to take those guys out of the game. They're not. You can do everything you can to try and limit the damage. But you know what else helps limit the damage? If the inexperienced quarterback is running for his life. And I love the idea of being aggressive on the defensive side of the ball, Josh. Look, we know T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are going to have their moments based on how the offensive line is sliding their protections. But I'm bringing Quan Alexander on, on, a, on, a, on a fire cross blitz in the middle at some point. I'm bringing a slot corner, uh, especially if it's, a, if it's a Pat Pete on a third down blitz out of the slot. I'm, I'm sending my defensive tackles after the quarterback every time. I think they've got a unique opportunity here to really take it to Brock Purdy rather than allowing Purdy to do what he did the bulk of last season, which was sit back and run Kyle Shanahan's offense and just poke holes in the opposition defense. The easiest way to keep him from doing that is to not give him the time to make those decisions and get after him early. There are three things you have to do in the modern game, Chris, if you want to be at least a serviceable to a good, maybe even God forbid, great defense. A, you got to be able to get after the quarterback because the passing game now has so much more weight and merit to it that it could be something that you could beat you in the short term, just like small doses, like you mentioned, or it could be where one play just really just gashes you. So you got to be able to get after the quarterback. Number two, you got to win one on one matchups, whether in the run game or in the pass game. Guys getting off their blocks and getting to the ball carrier. DBs, you know, making sure they don't get beaten or at least not beaten too badly to keep themselves in the play. But then there's the third thing, and this is where I think this matchup may play into the Steelers' hands. At the very least, if you can't get to the quarterback, see if you can confuse him. See if you can give him a good pre-snap look. If you're a good defense pre-snap, you got a shot against any team you play. So if you can give Brock Purdy one look and then have it shift to another look, and maybe have him thinking that he has a guy that after this snap he doesn't have after all, and he thinks he has the remade before the ball snapped, and that ends up being a pick, pick coming the other way, and God forbid a pick six if Micah Fitzpatrick is the one holding it or maybe even Pat B. That's where you start getting into those big splash plays on defense that can really make the difference in the game. And that's what plays into Terrell Austin's hands because that's what he wants to do. He's already talked about it. Patrick Peterson's talked about it. Micah Fitzpatrick's talked about it. He said, look, we got a group to where we got guys where corners might look like safeties after the snap. And safeties might end up looking like linebackers because of what we might show and then what we might do after the ball is snapped. If that's the case, and I'm with you, make Brock Purdy think a little bit more. If you can't confuse him to force him to make a bad throw, make him wait a beat. Because if he's looking at something that he sees after the snap that he didn't see before, that might be the difference between him getting the ball out and him having Alex Highsmith or T.J. Watt or Cam Hayward in his face. If yeah. you can't get him to make a mistake, at least make him think for make an extra think. second I love that. and have those guys get to you. Because if you can't beat them, confuse them. And if you can mm -hmm. confuse them, then maybe you can beat them. We are coaches and players talking about playing fast all the time. Quarterbacks don't necessarily have to play fast, but they do have to think fast. And if you yeah. can make him think a little bit longer, that plays into your hands. Great call. I love it. Either way, we're talking about getting in Purdy's face or giving him confusing looks and putting the game on his shoulders, much the same way 
I would think the Niners defense wants to put the game on Pickett's shoulders. Might just come down to the quarterbacks on Sunday. That's building the Steelers game plan. Brought to you by your contracting our home improvement business here on 4th Down in Steel City. When we come back, we get ready for the first full Sunday NFL football. 4th Down in the Steel City Pick'em. That's also sponsorable. Next, right here on 4th Down in Steel City. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. Welcome back in. We are ready for Sunday 1 p.m. kickoff of the Steelers season and the NFL season as well. Yeah, we had Thursday night. This is this is red zone time, baby. This is tailgate party time, baby. This is a full Sunday of action. And Sunday night and Monday night as well. And this is us picking the games. Fourth down in the Steel City alongside Josh Taylor. Greg Finley produces for us and also is a part of Fourth Down in the Steel City Pick'em. Brought to you by your sportsbook sponsor here. I'm going to do it every time. Something calls. I don't care. I love it. It's all season. Um, Greg, lead us through the picks, my friend. What do you got first for us? All right, so we start with the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta minus two and a half. Where are you going with this one, Josh? Ooh. The two and a half makes me feel a lot differently about this game, particularly because A, Atlanta's at home. B, they have done a lot of retooling in the offseason, both on offense and on defense, and I think that's, I think it's going to be a lot better than people give it credit for. And three, that, that two and a half, that turns into a play where this feels good because I don't think this will be a high-scoring game. I don't, th- I don't think Atlanta's offense is built for that, and that's considering everything that they've done. And that's considering B. John Robinson, and I love what B. John does. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that this offense can do it at that kind of clip where they're dropping 30 to 40, but I can see them scoring 20 to 25. I can see them holding Carolina to 20 to 22. I can see them winning this game by a field goal. 
Uh, I'll take the Panthers with the points. Or excuse me, I'll take the Falcons with the points because I think the Panthers are going to have a long day for Bryce Young. Chris? Yeah, I, I'm I'm on the other side of this, because, but for the same reasons, in, in essence, because it's going to be a low-scoring field goal kind of game. I, I've said to everybody that will listen – that whether you think I'm crazy or not, I think by the end of the year, the Panthers are going to be a, a decent offense. I think the line will come together. I think Bryce Young will figure out a lot. Might not happen early in the year. It might only right. lead to 7-10, 7-10 record. But I do think uh, the Panthers keep it close. Uh, it's going to be right around a field goal game. So I should probably, I would probably normally wait for this thing to get to three points if I were betting it. But it's pick them. Give me the Panthers plus the two and a half. All right. So split decision from you two i'll break the tie and i'm going with the home team i'm taking atlanta i think it'll be uh you know it's not a bad opponent for bryce young to open up his nfl season in but i just don't buy into the Panthers' stock right now and i think b john robinson has a huge day here in the opener for atlanta we move on now to the afc north cincinnati at cleveland Bengals only two and a half point favorites I'm a little surprised by this line. It could be because Joe Burrow's injury, but he's going to play, and the Bengals are the favorites. Chris, where are you going with this one? This is another one. Divisional games in week one, man, they are, you never know what's going to happen. Remember what happened in a divisional game last year to start the season mm-hmm. week one? Mm-hmm. I do. Joe Remember Joe Shiesty getting cooked by Minka? I do. I do. Uh, that was a healthy Joe Burrow, mind you. In Cincinnati, not uh, less than 100% Joey Burr in Cleveland. But I don't think the Browns are any great shakes. I think the Browns are going to end up like 8-9 and nine and missing the playoffs. And I got a lot of reasons for that, including Deshaun Watson. But I think this is a tight divisional game in week one. Two and a half, like I said with the Panthers and Falcons, is a really tight number. If I were betting it individually, I'd probably look for three. But give me the Browns plus the two and a half. This has got like 21-19 or 24-22 written all over it. All right. I'm, I'm with you, Chris. I'm with you. I got Browns in this one, too. And, and for the one reason that you mentioned, but I got another one I'm going to throw in there. Who in this Bengals secondary? And, and now, granted, mm-hmm. now, let's remind ourselves, because the Bengals have Jamar Chase, and that's great. That's fine. But Cleveland has Amari Cooper. And who in this Bengals secondary can really be tasked with, hey, slow that guy down? Mm-hmm. I don't think they have one. I don't think – and remember – they lost some strength there on that back end. They're not as good as they were in the secondary last season or the past few years. And there were times when Seattle safe or Seattle with Cincinnati safeties were their best DBs. And now it now you're looking at it where that strength is not there. I think that becomes a problem for Cincinnati. If Cleveland gets to the point where they get comfortable and, and Deshaun Watson can get some time to throw the ball, Amari Cooper could become a problem. I got the Browns not only covering this. I like the Browns straight up in this game. I like Cleveland at home week one. And remember, there's there's two there's two teams that Cleveland loves getting up to face. One is the Steelers. The other one is the Bengals. And you got week one at home. Like you said it, Chris, maybe not 100% Joe Shiesty. I like Cleveland. I'm actually surprised because I thought the two and a half was pretty uh, pretty low number that you would just both ride with the Bengals. So I'm going to take Cincinnati. And it's not because you both took the Browns, but I just I don't buy into Cleveland. It's week one. I think Joe Burrow's going to ball out and show everybody that he's fine because there was speculation about his injury all offseason. But I think he, him and Jamar Chase are going to put up some monster numbers. And uh, I'm going with the Bengals in the two and a half. So 
Uh, we're a little different on this one. Moving on, AFC South matchup. Jacksonville Jaguars at the new look Indianapolis Colts. No Jonathan Taylor and the debut for Anthony Richardson. Jaguars minus four and a half on the road. Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, how is this only four and a half? That was my question. <laughs> how is this not 14 and a half? Um, this is the first of six division wins for the Jacksonville Jags. Um, Lawrence is going to go out there and have a solid day. Um, I, I think, look, I think Anthony Richardson has a world of potential. But I've said this to you guys before. I will continue to say it because I think it's going to be what we get all year. There will be times we will look at Anthony Richardson and go, oh, did you just see what he did? And then there will be other times we will look at Anthony Richardson and go, did you just see what he did? That's going to be that way all year. Trust me, the Jags will have something cooked up to neutralize him and force him into multiple mistakes, especially in week one. So it can be Jacksonville covering four and a half. And, and there's going to be no Jonathan Taylor, which makes it even more tough. Right. makes it tougher for Anthony Richardson. He's going to have to do so much more if they have no run game. He's going to have to do everything himself. Exactly. There, there's too many things pointing to Jacksonville. And this offense, don't forget, Jacksonville's offense is going to be pretty good. You, you got Calvin Ridley over there with Trevor Lawrence now. He, he's, he's back now, so to speak. You got that to deal with if you're Indianapolis. And you got a lot to deal with just with Trevor Lawrence alone. I think he becomes the X factor in this game for Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's defense, like, we, we tend to overlook them, but that front is pretty talented. They got guys that can get after the quarterback. I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to have an easy day by any stretch of the imagination. I'm with you, Chris. There's going to be a moment or two where he looks spectacular, but they're going to make him look human for the most part. If he doesn't have Jonathan Taylor to take the heat off of him, I think that's a problem. I, I think long-term, that whole situation with Jonathan Taylor is going to be what cooks this team down the road. I got Jacksonville, and I'm with you. The four-and-a-half almost feels like a gimme at this point. Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence cook in this one. I'm taking Jacksonville minus four-and-a-half as well. So that means the Colts are going to win because we all (laughs) (laughs) took That's exactly how that works. Yes, that's how it works. It's the game day graphic curse. (laughs) Yes, that's how it works. All right. The new-look Tampa Bay Bucks led by, wait for it, Baker Mayfield. At the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I see you borrowing my, my lingo there. Vikings minus six and a half. We'll start with Josh this time. Can I borrow the same thing I said for the last game? It's only six and a half. <laughs> what about Tampa inspires any kind of confidence other than Mike Evans? There, there isn't much. And I and that's nothing against Tampa. I think there are some pieces there that help. And, and Ryan Jensen's already done for the year. How are you going to protect Baker Mayfield? He's going to have a really hard time trying to get any kind of semblance of rhythm going in this offense. It just, there are too many things to stack up for Minnesota. And as much as I joke about Minnesota being mid, being the luckiest team in the league last year, because they won 11 one possession games last year. This won't even be in that realm. It's not going to be a one possession game. It'll be multiple, and the Vikings should win this one easy. And they're at home. Yeah, I got Minnesota. And and one of those one possession wins was when Indianapolis straight up threw the game went yeah. up by like yeah. what thirty eight points or something stupid. I just yeah. dropped my pen, and Indianapolis dropped that game all the same. So there you go, Chris. I mean, yeah, Vikings laying six and a half all day. I've espoused my newfound love for Kirk Cousins to you guys. You know how I feel about Justin Jefferson. You like that. You like that. 
Uh, Vikings minus six and a half. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing middle-aged suburbanite white dudes love more than you like that. We <laughs> love it. I'm gonna go tuck my kids in and read them a bedtime story. It's such, like such, such a dad move. Oh my god. It is. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm going with the Vikings. Justin Jefferson on my fantasy team. Let him cook. There we go. Go Vikings six and a half. We're all on the same page there. All right. Still on the one o'clock slate. The Tennessee Titans are at the New Orleans Saints. New quarterback for the Saints. It'll be Derek Carr. And it'll still be Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Saints minus three and a half at home. Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, Look, the Saints are not any great shakes, but the Titans are. These two are like, this is the Spider-Man meme. Both of these teams just pointing at each other like, you, you, me, you, me, bad division. Yeah, yeah. Mid quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, jeez. Um, oh. uh, <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Saints minus three and a half. I don't know. I, you, don't think, they, you don't think Derek Carr can thrive with Olave and Michael Thomas? I, I do. Have, I think they'll have their moments. Yeah, but I, I just, I don't think there's enough around them otherwise. I just don't. I, I, so, and, and Carr's getting to the point where we're going to see that drop off at some point even with a good batch of young receivers. So, yeah. Give, and when's the last time Michael Thomas was healthy? You were in high school, right? I mean, Saints minus three and a half. Josh? I got Saints minus three and a half, specifically because of Derek Carr. I think he's a guy. Now, granted, a lot of people joke about how mid he is, but games like this, he usually does pretty well with. I there's I'm about tired of the Titans. I'm just tired. I'm tired of people trying to make them more than what they are. I'm tired of people trying to make Mike Vrabel more than what he is as a head coach. I'm tired of people trying to make Mike Vrabel better than Mike Tomlin, even though he's never beaten Mike Tomlin head-to-head. That's a different discussion, and I'll save for that Thursday night matchup. We'll get into that later. It, it, there's nothing about this team that inspires me, and that's considering the fact that they added DeAndre Hopkins, whom I think is still a dangerous receiver, but I don't think it matters. And that's all of my you know Tennessee mid-thoughts aside. It's also hard to win in New Orleans. Historically speaking, regular season, when they play in that dome, they are tough to beat. If for that reason alone, I will go with the Saints. But I also favor the quarterback. I like the wide receiver situation better. When New Orleans has the ball, I just like that situation overall better. And I don't see how Tennessee can be that big of a threat. And that's beside the thought of Rand Tannehill. It's just Tennessee does not bother me at all. I'm taking the Saints. When wide receivers go to Tennessee, their careers tend to decline. Look at Julio Jones. Look at Randy Moss. Yeah. And now look at DeAndre Hopkins. And A.J. Brown got out. Yeah. Good for him. He was smart. Mm-hmm. He was very smart. He knew he knew the direction that the Titans were going in, and they continued to just ride the horse and not care about their quarterback. I'm going with the Saints as well. We have uh, picked the same team now in three straight picks. That's a little concerning. And I think uh, we might still be on the same page for this one, too, as we continue in the 1 o'clock slate. We will save the Steelers for last. Uh, Cardinals at the Commanders, Washington minus 5.5 against a team that is 100% tanking. I'll start. I'm going Washington Commanders strictly because – Josh Dobbs is going to be the quarterback for the Cardinals. Chris? What else do we need to say here? The Cardinals removed the red bird from the side of their helmet and put a tank on the side of it because that's what they are this year. (laughs) So there's no limit? There's no limit? (laughs) (laughs) 90s reference. 
Mm, na, 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 lay the five yeah. and a half uh, Washington <laughs> minus the five and a half. And I do, I do have legitimate hope for Sam Howell this year, though. Despite I, I do the weird the enemy Rivera dynamic, I think Sam Howell with those receivers, especially Terry McClure, Terry McClure may have like 160 target kind of year. Um, so Washington minus five and a half. Do the Cardinals have anybody on their team that anybody looks at and goes, oh, well, they have him? I don't think they do. Uh, they unloaded all the guys on defense and wanted to be traded, right? They got rid of all those yes. guys? Yeah. And J.J. Yeah, Watt retired. It was so bad yeah, there. I, I think that answers your question. Um, Chris, to your point, Terry McLaurin might be the most underappreciated player in the league. He's yeah. really, really good. It just so happens he's been on the team that's been bad for so long. But Sam Howell, here's the thing. Sam Howell plus Terry McLaurin plus Eric the Enemy trying to cook some things up and given where he came from, you know he's he's learned a thing or two sitting at the feet of Andy Reid. I think that makes Washington's offense better, if only by association. And we talked about it. They're facing a terrible team that the, the reigning Heisman candidate does not want to play for, and he pretty much sent that message early. I think that tells you a lot. I'll take the commanders. I feel bad for Josh Dobbs because I think Chase Young might sack him like five times in this game. Which is a shame because who doesn't love Josh Dobbs as a person? Who doesn't yeah. love him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Phenomenal human. Quarterback. Love him, man. <laughs> yeah, not a great quarterback, but a great human and a guy you don't want to see get pummeled, and that might happen. So, yeah. Sorry, Josh. I'm interested to see where we go on this one because it's a pretty big spread. Final 1 o'clock game other than Steelers. We will save that for after Monday night's game. Houston Texans at Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are minus 9.5. Josh, we'll start with you. D'Amico Ryan's being in Houston might be the best thing that's happened to Houston. I don't know. Maybe since the Oilers were still there. I, I like the fact that they added him as a coach. And I talked about this, Greg. You and I talked about this last year. If they were going to hire a coach, it needed to be somebody who, A, wanted to go there, and, B, can make his stamp quickly. And I think D'Amico Ryan's will. I think that defense is going to be a lot better than people think it will. The offense is an entirely different situation. Will Anderson being on that defense, some of the guys that they managed to bring in in free agency in a really short period, and D'Amico Ryan's is going to have his thumbprint all over that group. I think that's the reason why they keep it to just a one-possession game. I think Baltimore will beat them at home, but I think the Texans will cover the 10. Because the 10 and 9 and a half. 9 and a half, yeah. I think the Texans will cover, but they'll still lose by a touchdown. Chris? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do think it's going to be fun to watch what D'Amico Ryans does with the Texans' defense. That's going to come later in the year, though. It's going to take time. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Todd Munkin and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense and actually having receiving weapons at his disposal. But I think that's going to take a while to, to, to simmer as well. Um, I, I think you're going to see just more, more of what we saw last year from both of these two teams. I, I think there's going to be some carryover from what we saw last year from both of them. And so to that extent, I think C.J. Stroud is going to struggle mightily yeah. early on. I think nine and a half is probably just about dead on Baltimore by 10 to 13. So give me the Ravens minus nine and a half. I'm right there with you. Baltimore's defense will feast off of CJ Stroud in his rookie debut. I'm taking Baltimore on the points as well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving on to the 4 o'clock slate, Green Bay Packers now with Jordan Love at quarterback at the Chicago Bears. Bears minus one and a half. No more Aaron Rodgers to torture the Bears. I like Chicago at home in this one. How about you, Chris? Oh, man. One and a half. This is basically a pick um, yep, basically. I'm not sold on Jordan. I'm not sold on Jordan Love yet. I'm just not. I, I like Justin Fields a lot, um, but I'm not sold on what they have around Fields in Chicago. That being said, when when it comes down to everything, strip everything else away, and if I'm going to play quarterback against quarterback, give me the Bears minus the, the Bears minus one and a half. Josh, I'm going against you guys again because if there's anything Green Bay can do, regardless of when they had Aaron Rodgers last year or having Jordan Love this year. Even if Jordan Love isn't lighting the world on fire at quarterback, Green Bay can still run the ball. They still got Aaron Jones. They still got A.J. Dillon. I think that could be a problem. I don't know if the Bears can stop them. I could see Green Bay grinding this thing out on the road. At Lambeau, different story. I think this, this game looks different as far as Green Bay is concerned. But they can go to Soldier Field and grind it out against Chicago because Chicago's still not built yet to really be able to play that kind of game. I like the Packers on the road in this one. All right. The Las Vegas Raiders at the new look Denver Broncos with Sean Payton at the helm. Denver minus three and a half at home. Josh, we'll start with you. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. Oh, no, you're going to do it. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it because I think it's the dumbest thing. I think you should have to say it if you're going to pick the Broncos. <laughs> All right, all right, I'll say it. I'll say it. Broncos country, let's ride. They're not going to win this game because of Russell Wilson, though. It will not be because of him. It will be because Denver's roster, believe it or not, even last season when Nathaniel Hackett pretty much just threw it in the toilet, Denver's roster has not been bad over the last three years. They have pieces, and they got pieces on defense. And the Raiders counter – at quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And they're going to Denver, a place yeah. where teams historically struggle on the road. Yeah. And if they're playing this in Vegas, I'm looking at the Raiders and I'm not thinking twice. They got to go play in Denver with Jimmy Garoppolo against Denver's defense, which is actually pretty good. This ain't got nothing to do with Russell Wilson for me. I think Denver's defense makes it hard for the Raiders. And the, 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 the Broncos win an ugly one, but they win. Yeah, not by three and a half, though. This is a this is a field goal game. This is whichever quarterback gets the ball last and doesn't yet. That's fair. The hook could kill me in this game. That's true. Yeah, this is – and look, I, I'm all out on Russ. Um, I think he's a disaster. <laughs> he's on the, the backside of his career. Give me the Raiders as much as I dislike McDaniels. Give me the Raiders plus three and a half. And I'm looking at my picks right now, and I've taken all favorites so far. And this is my hey. first. This is my first upset. 
I'm also taking the Raiders because I don't buy into Denver, even with Sean Payton at the helm, because their quarterback is still Russell Wilson. And he <laughs> made that team look that bad with Jerry yeah. Judy and Cortland uh, Scotland. He had Nathaniel Hackett's help. He had a lot of Nathaniel Hackett's help. <laughs> but at the end Let's, of the day, he's making those back, throws. <laughs> do we need to go back to week one where he totally mismanaged the clock and screwed up a situation to kick a field goal right. and leave the yeah. stay in the game? No, you're right. You're right. Sean Payton's like a – Sean Payton, going from Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton is from black and white to Technicolor in the Wizard of Oz. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the, the same all reason that you like Green Bay, Josh, because of the run game, I like Josh Jacobs in this game. So I'm going to go point. with – I'm going to go Very with Las point. Vegas in this one. Point well made. Still in the 4 o'clock window, this will be the Jim Nance-Tony Romo game. Philadelphia Eagles at the New England Patriots, and we've asked this question for a couple of these. How is it only this? Four and a half is the spread in favor of the team that was just in the Super Bowl. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they drafted a bunch of dudes from Georgia to stop Mac Jones. Philadelphia by a million, as Pat McAfee would say. (laughs) Jalen Carter chasing Mac Jones around. Yeah, we the ones. Um, they might as well just walk in with the out. ones held already. Like they might as well walk into Foxborough with the ones he, held up because that he may a, actually he may actually Samoan spike Mac Jones in the backfield. It could happen. It could happen. Bunch them. <laughs> uh, remember, Philly is my Super Bowl pick to win the whole thing. And Chris, you and I talked about San Francisco so much ad nauseum. Yeah. Leading into this game about what the 49ers can do physically. If there's a team that's close, Philly ain't far behind. Philly will punch you in the mouth on offense. They will punch you in the mouth on defense. And New England has no answer. They have no counterpunch for what the Eagles do. They have no counterpunch for Jalen Hurts. They have no counterpunch for DeAndre Swift, who they added at running back. Philly added a running back to this offense. They got no counterpunch for Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. They got no the, – Counterpunch at tight end, and they have zero resistance. We haven't even talked about what that defense can do. They have nothing that can counter that front because the bloodline is pretty much up front for the Eagles. I got them winning this one walking away. All right. So we all take Philadelphia easily in this one. Miami Dolphins at the Chargers. I think the uh, sports books are expecting this to be a shootout as it's a pick 'em. It's a minus one and a half in favor of the home team, Los Angeles. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm taking the Dolphins on the road. I think Tyreek Hill and Tua will have absolute days against I'm, this Chargers secondary. I'm with you. I, I agree. I think the Chargers defense has shown that they are nothing more than a collection of names, a collection of football cards. They're great names. They're really nice football cards. I'd love to have them autographed and maybe sell them online someday. But I don't count on them to actually win football games for me. In fact, they choke in the moments where they're supposed to win football games for me. So give me the Dolphins minus look, the one plus the back one at the, Look back at the playoff game against the Jaguars. Thank you. <laughs> I, I might as well be Dave Chappelle as Rick James, just like drawing you in. My, my aura is orange right now. It is not just because of the Dolphins. My aura is orange. I feel like I'm welcoming you guys in because, Greg, what are the six words that I usually say out loud when the Chargers are mentioned? I don't trust Brandon Staley. Well, that's fine, but I do (laughs) not trust Brandon Staley. That's six words. I I should take the Dolphins by default because of those six words, but also considering the fact Someone used the word shootout, and that's what this is going to be because we know what Justin Herbert is. Justin Herbert will do his thing. 
He will come in. He 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 got that thing strapped on the side. We know that. He's going to do his thing. But the problem is the Dolphins are going to do their thing too, and the Chargers won't be able to stop them. Right. This is a team that I'm going to point this out again. 27-point lead on the road in a playoff game, and they just mm-hmm. let it go up in smoke. As much as I love the quarterback, I do not trust the head coach, and I have no faith in this team against the, against an offense like Miami's. And I think, too, uh, what will we get out of him? Will he, will he be pre-multi-concussion, Tua? We don't know. But still, if he's even a, a, a semblance of what he previously was, I like the Dolphins in this game. I think we can go rapid fire on this next one. Rams at Seahawks, Seattle minus four and a half. Seattle? Everybody oh, Seattle. Seattle. Absolutely. Seattle. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. okay, cool. No Cooper Cup. We're good. Moving on. Yep. Sunday yep. night football, Cowboys at the New York football Giants. Dallas mm-hmm. minus two and a half on the road. Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, I do think Dak Prescott's going to clean some things up this year. I think this is a tight field goal. I told you about division games week one, um, but I think Dallas wins by three to five. I think it's a field goal game. So give me the Cowboys on the road. Josh? I'm putting it into the camera. (laughs) Do not screw this up, Dallas. Do not screw this up. Give Tony Pollard the ball. Let Micah Parsons kill people. And get out of the way. The, the Cowboys last year, they were a really good team when they just ran the ball and played good defense. This is a game for them where all you got to do is run the ball well and play good defense and just batter Daniel Jones and don't screw it up. I'm taking you, Cowboys. Don't screw this up for me. Man, that like a WWE Sorry. promo. It, <laughs> I, 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 they were three and one with Cooper Rush. Is all I'm saying last year. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let Tony Pollard cook. He is the running back now for this team. I'm taking Dallas and I love love their defense. It's not because of Dak. I don't trust Dak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Run the ball. Let Michael Parsons eat and stay out the way. That's Monday, Monday night football. It's going to be a good one. Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets host. The Buffalo Bills. Bills minus one and a half on the road. Monday Night Football. Josh, I'll start with you. The result of this game will dictate whether or not the Jets are 500 after six games. Because there's three losses in that first six games that I think are pretty much chalked up for the Jets. This will be the thing that makes them either three and three or two and four. The fact that they're at home, the fact that they are the underdog in this game, and the fact that it's nationally televised and Aaron Rodgers does really well in prime time. This is one of these times where I'm like, hey, even the Jets can't mess this up. So I'll take the Jets as the underdog. Chris? Yeah, I'm with you. I like the Jets. Uh, I think Rodgers tries to make a statement early, and I have lots of questions about the Bills, especially on defense without Edmonds in the middle anymore. Jets plus And no Von Miller. Yep. All right. I'm going to be different. I'll take Buffalo. Okay. And uh, it's not even I mean, because you guys both took the Jets. I, I already had the Bills penciled in, so I'm going to keep keep it with them. Okay, this finally. Year, last year, I say Buffalo. I don't even think twice. Yeah. Finally, Steelers 49ers on Sunday at 1 o'clock. The San Francisco 49ers are minus 3.5 on our ESPN pick them. So we will go with the 3.5. I'll start with you, Chris. 
I told you, I think this is going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be about which quarterback makes less mistakes in crunch time. We've laid it all out there, how it's going to play out. I think it'll come down to Kenny Pickett not making a mistake in crunch time and Brock Purdy being forced into a mistake, whether it's by confusion, pass rush, whatever it may be, coverage. So Steelers plus the three and a half. Josh? I'm with Chris. I think Kenny Pickett will make fewer mistakes. I think this defense will make Brock Purdy's life really, really rough. I think they're going to get after him, although these two teams are going to beat the snot out of each other. This is it's, it's going to be it's going to be Alvin Mack, kill them all, <laughs> let the paramedics sort them out because both of these defenses are going to lay some wood. It's going to be ugly, but the Steelers are winning ugly one at home. I'm I got the Steelers. I got covered too. I'm taking the Steelers at home to win the game outright for all the reasons that we've laid out all week long. Comes down to the defense against Brock Purdy. And Kenny Pickett just has to make a couple of plays and they win the game. I love it, boys. Man, here we go. It's week one. We're into it. Fourth down in the Steel City. We will be back with a special post-game episode. We'll get it to you late Sunday night, early Monday morning to break everything that happens down between the Steelers and the Niners. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe, download, rate, review. We appreciate it inside your Odyssey app, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Keep it locked in right here, fourth down in the Steel City. <laughs>